Hey everybody, it's Micah. Welcome to the Redeeming the Dirt podcast. If you're just joining us, the goal of this podcast is to integrate our faith in our farms so that we can live for Jesus better, excel in our agriculture, and attempt to reach the last, the least, and the lost. In today's episode, Noah's going to be talking about a sore subject for a lot of us, time management, and giving us tips for good, godly time management. Noah? Well, Noah Sanders here with the Redeeming the Dirt podcast. Today, I wanted to address an issue that came up recently when I was trying to get feedback from other homesteaders, farmers, and gardeners on what their biggest challenge was in regards to uh, making progress on growing more of their own food um, or just uh, their goals in agriculture in particular. And by far, the biggest challenge and obstacle most people said that they faced was time. Uh, Lack of time, not having enough time, trying to manage their time. So I wanted to address that today, talk a little bit about time management, uh, not just from a purely practical point of view, which um, we do want to talk about practicals, but also just kind of go back to the heart of the issue and really how should we view time management as Christians, as Christian farmers. You know, a lot of us, uh, we we get into, uh, we kind of, for those of us that didn't start farming, we can look back often in our journey and find that time where we were bitten by the bug and got super interested in whether it might be homesteading or permaculture or market gardening or pasture poultry, Joel Salatin, and all that stuff. And we just went on a binge learning all sorts of stuff and had all these dreams to of all these uh, projects that we wanted to do. And, uh, and then we got into it, wanted to do everything and began trying out all different types of things. Uh, some of us were able to get started on a piece of land and others of us are still um, wanting to get started. But there's, I think all of us have in our journey that point at which we go from the excitement and the learning all this stuff to the frustration and overwhelm of um, either not knowing where to start and not being able to to make progress towards um, the vision that we feel like God's given us, or we're in the middle of the vision and we're starting to get burned out with um, just the, the the burden of all the things that we're trying to do and not being able to do it as well as we'd like to do and not seeming to have enough time to, to do it the way that we know it should be done. And oftentimes we, we experience the frustration and overwhelm in our relationships and our families um, in our in our health and how much we're working more than we we should be as far as the way God designed us to, and so there just there becomes this time when we're we really feel like we don't have enough time, and uh, we know what to do, but we just don't seem to have enough time to do it all. And our solutions once we kind of get to that point is we either kind of overwork and we we spend way more time on agriculture and farming than we should. And uh, we start neglecting other areas of our life or uh, we start um, being unfaithful maybe with the things that we do have going on and we end up not being faithful stewards of what we have. So again, this can be quite the, the, the downward spiral and quite the contrast to you know what we expected um, coming into it. And as Christian farmers, those who are supposed to be ambassadors for Jesus, it's not something that's very attractive. It's not what we want to be modeling to the world. It's not that the joy and the the light burden that Jesus promised to us. Um, for sure, we experience suffering in our lives, but 
discouragement and defeat and, um, you know, poor results are not what we, a good way to communicate what Christ has to offer to us. So what we kind of want to look at today is kind of what, what is our problem? What's at the root of some of this? And I'm not going to get into, you know, all the aspects that I could, but I just want to point out a few things that have been helpful to me. First thing to consider is that sometimes I think, especially in America, you know, we tend to be very busy people. We tend to um, make our lives very complicated. And yet the neat thing that Jesus offers to us uh, when we come to him and we recognize that we are fallen, that we need salvation, and um, we commit our lives to follow him, Jesus gives us basically one focus for our life. There's only one thing we have to do well, and that is to follow him. And, you know, it's it's uh, it, it makes it not necessarily easy, but it makes it simple. You know, the purpose of all the time that God's given us, if we're on earth here now, um, that time that we've been given is given to us in order to serve the one who saved us and who who's given us a mission to represent him to the rest of the world. In Mark uh, 10, 21, the rich young man, he comes to, to Jesus and asks what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. And basically, he Jesus told him all the commandments, and he said, I've kept all these. And Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, One thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. Now, that verse we sometimes dismiss because we think, well, Jesus doesn't call everybody to sell everything and follow him. But I think one lesson that we can take from that is that this man had other things in his life that were distracting him um, from the focusing on the one thing. Um, and obviously they were a distraction because he wasn't willing to give them up in order to follow Jesus. And I think when we look at our time management and we look at uh, being overwhelmed by all the things we're trying to do, I think it's really good to start with that foundation of realizing that as followers of Christ, the only thing that we have to do well is to know him and then to do what he tells us to do. You know, the time that we have is is a short amount of time. We're already only here on earth for a short period of time, and we need to make the best use of that time. In Ephesians 5, uh, verse 15, um, Paul tells us, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. We need to realize that the time that we have is not... Um, something that belongs to us that we can kind of do with whatever we want to and make sure that we kind of give God some of his time as well. But all of our time um, is precious because it's short and what we do now has an impact for eternity. And I think uh, one of the reasons that we often don't have, uh, we feel strapped for time is because we're actually trying to do things, uh, more things than God's actually called us to. And so the things God has called us to, we don't seem to have enough time for. There's a new book that just came out by a friend of mine uh, and mentor. His name is Curtis Sargent. The book's called The Only One. I don't want to read a quote uh, from this book about time. And so I quote here, since we have limited time, energy, and resources, every moment I spend Outside of the works God has prepared for me to do is taking time away from what he intended for me. 
we feel too busy because there's simply not enough time to do both and. That is, both what the Lord has planned for us and what we want to do. If we feel we're too busy, this may indicate that instead of limiting ourselves to what God intends, we're also seeking to do some activities that we want to do outside the Lord's leading. And as a result, we don't have enough time to do both. Similarly, if we say what we want to say, rather than restricting ourselves to saying what the Lord is saying, we add to the noise around us but fail to achieve the purposes that God intends for us. For some, these extraneous activities are bad things or sinful things. For others, they're neutral but outside of God's leading. A common example is screen time, television, web surfing, YouTube, Facebook, or computer games. For others, the extraneous activities are good, noble distractions like volunteering for a good cause or exercising. But it becomes a distraction, however, if it isn't something the Lord has asked you to do because something that you have chosen because you wanted to do it. There simply isn't enough time to do what the Lord has planned for us as well as what we want to do. And if we do what the Lord desires, in addition to what we desire, there definitely won't be enough time, energy, or resources. This is a matter of stewardship. So if we're going to um, identify the root of some of our challenges with time management and overwhelm, we really have to start with the fact that we're stewards, that our time is in our own that we we have limited time and all of it needs to be spent for the Lord and that doesn't we need to broaden our perspective of you know what he's called us to it isn't just what we think of as spiritual things i mean the whole purpose of what i've been trying to do with redeeming the dirt is encourage christians to recognize that there's value in things like agriculture there's value in the everyday things that there really doesn't have to be any time um, any area of our life whether it's uh, washing dishes or growing food or taking care of kids or even resting and playing that have to be something that is uh, kind of our off time where we're not really serving the lord and it's our own time but it's it all whatever god calls us to um, it's a holistic type approach, but I think we do have to live recognizing that our time, um, it belongs to God. It's been entrusted to us and we need to recognize and, and have the intention of only, um, spending that time on things that he's actually given us to do. Again, good distractions are bad things if they're distracting us from what God has given us to do. And I think Jesus is a good example of this. In uh, the beginning of Mark, chapter 1, has been doing his ministry, and he has his disciples. Let's see, here we are. Mark 1, 35. It says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everybody's looking for you! And Jesus replied, Well, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That's why I've come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So the point there is that Jesus was willing to say no to good things. I mean, he went to, to bed while there were still sick people out there that could have been healed by him or people that a lot of opportunities. But Jesus was focused on what his father gave him to do, and he was willing to say no to even good opportunities in order to accomplish the mission that he gave him to do. And we have to realize in our own lives um, whenever we say yes to something, even if it's in our quote off time, that we're always saying no to something else. And I know for myself, there's been times I've said yes to even farm projects that I've unknowingly said no to other things like family or maintenance, uh, so things around the home that I needed to focus on that I didn't realize I was saying no to and wouldn't have purposely said no to. 
But whenever I say yes to something, to investing my time in something, I'm always saying no to something else. And I need to recognize that cost and recognize that Jesus modeled that for me. He was willing to say no to things that allowed him to say yes to the things that his father had specifically given him to do. Another clarification that helps me in my mind is I think sometimes we we think that whatever we do, as long as we do it um, for God, then it counts. It is kind of, um, you know, it's it's our job to decide what we want to do for the Lord. And if we're doing it for his glory, then, you know, it sort of counts. It's a great thing to do. Uh, now, I'm, I, I do believe we have great responsibility and that God uses us in our individual personalities and the decisions we make and everything. But at the end of the day, we also are followers and servants. And it's very important that we um, listen and obey, not just run off to the things that we think would please him and say we're doing it for him. A sobering example of this is in Matthew 7. Jesus is talking about the trees and its, the tree and its fruit. And he says, now, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So you see the people in this passage here, they were proclaiming the Lord, the, the name of the Lord. They were doing things, quote, in his name for him. They were doing good things. They were prophesying. They were driving out demons, performing miracles. So they were doing good things in the name of Jesus, but they obviously did not know Jesus. They did not have a relationship with him. And a relationship involves listening and obeying um, what he's told us to do. It says here that only those who do the will of my Father in heaven will enter the kingdom of heaven. So I think it's important that it's not so much that we glorify God through what we accomplish for him, but that God is the one who glorifies himself through our obedience. When we obey um, what he's told us to do by faith, then he's the one that produces the results that bring glory to him. And we have to be, we realize that like in Hebrews 11 in the um, hall of faith, he talks about all these people that had faith and the results of their faith um, some, you know, conquered kingdoms and escaped the edge of the sword, and others perished by the sword and, you know, fled and, and lived in caves and were sawn in two, and yet all of them were considered successful, um, and the, their lives had brought glory to God. And it was because God chose how to glorify them through their obedience. So as I think, as we as we bring this back to farming and how this applies to when we feel overwhelmed with farming, we have to realize we always have enough time to do what God wants us to do. But we need to start with surrendering to him all of our time. Jesus doesn't call us just to give up the bad things in our life to follow him, but even the good things um, in our life that we hold on to, we have to give them up for him because we, while he does give us enough time to do what he wants us to do and enough strength to do what he's called us to do, he doesn't necessarily give us promise to do that plus what we want to do in addition to that. So just a few questions to, again, apply this to agriculture to just consider is if if you're struggling with having enough time to invest in your farm, say you're getting started and you're having a, finding it hard to have enough time to um, to get some of the projects done that you, you need to, you really need to make sure that you go back and evaluate for sure if agriculture is something God actually told you to do. Um, whether it's growing your own food, starting a garden, or um, trying to start a farm. Is that something God's told you to do? Um, is that where the heart motive and where the 
kind of inspiration came from? Is it rooted in the fruit of the spirit and in things God was leading you and, and a heart to want to serve him? Or was it something that you wanted to do? Um, is it something that uh, was an escape from the, the real responsibilities God's given you? And make sure that uh, you seek honestly. Um, you know, it's not like he had to just tell you with this obvious sign, but I think if we're really honest, God will uh, make it clear if that's something that is rooted in him or something that's rooted in basically rebellion or distraction from the things that he's given us to do. So I'm not here just to encourage you. Everybody should farm, but I'll, I'm really here to encourage you. If God's called you to do it, do it. But if he hasn't, then don't get distracted from the things he has called you to do. You know, so again, is agriculture distracting you from other areas of life that God has called you to be faithful? And maybe he has called you to be faithful in agriculture. Maybe he's called you to garden or homestead. But sometimes uh, we can be um, so passionate about them that we begin to neglect other areas of our life. So maybe we're being faithful in agriculture, but we're taking too much time for it, more time than God's really told us to spend on it. And, you know, we have to go fight these fires in these other areas of our lives, our relationships or work or whatever. Um, and then it seems like we don't have enough time for the agriculture that we or some, you know, maintaining some of the projects we want to or growing some food. But it may be that because we're just expecting more time than God's actually given us right now. And yeah, so we need to be also realistic about whether about what season of life um, that we're in and also the timing of stuff, because sometimes God gives you a vision for something. Maybe he wants you someday to have a homestead. Maybe a big part of how he's going to use you and your family is to be a light in your community, um, to serve people through growing good food for them. But maybe you're trying to do it too quickly. Maybe you're trying to um, do it in the wrong, in, in not the right timing. And you're feeling frustrated. You're trying to push it too too fast and not um, you're not waiting on him and resting in, in his timing. So that's something to consider as well. And also the season of your of life that you're in. You know, if you're a, a young mother with a bunch of kids and you're trying to start a huge homestead all by yourself, um, there's some people that have been able to do that, and that's amazing. Um, but also realize that we do have to be humble and be and realize the the limits that we have. And the season of life God's put us in, um, some people have more time um, to invest in things like gardening and farming and homesteading than others. And we need to uh, be realistic about the season of life God's put us in. And also, you know, maybe God's given you a passion and an interest in agriculture and in glorifying him through agriculture and seeing him glorified in the way the land is tended. Uh, But maybe the role that he has for you to play is different than maybe the one that you've been thinking. Maybe you're going to be helping other people to do it, uh, to be more hands-on. Maybe you're going to be supporting, or maybe you're going to, maybe you're not going to be making a living at it, or maybe you'll be, you know, growing your own and teaching other people to grow their own. So uh, be open to what role God has you to play in his kingdom, because it's always going to be way more satisfying, way more fruitful, and way more peaceful than anything that you could come up with that would be an alternative. Time management is a challenge for me every single day. Uh, it's it's one of my biggest um, challenges. It's one of the things that drives me to seek the Lord um, probably some of the most, apart from like parenting and stuff, is, is I really go to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I don't know well enough how to manage my time today, what I need to focus on in order to um, get done the things that you need me to. And so I just have to stop and be like, Lord, show me. What do I need to do? What do I not need to do? And again, he's faithful. He'll give me wisdom. He allows me to do that. And it's it's something that um, enables me to experience him, to see as he directs me throughout the day, shows me what are distractions and what are actually divine um, interruptions. 
and it's a learning journey. I'm not, it's not something that you learn immediately right away how to do well. And it's something that it's encouraging for me to talk to you about it because it's the same things that I need to be remembering and I need to be applying on a daily basis. But I think the, the beauty of it is, is that um, God has set up everything so that it's not just a formula. It's not something that you can just take it and plug it in and be able to apply it independently, but it's everything that God set up is for us to be able to do in relationship with him. It requires a relationship with him to be able to do it, to be able to manage our time well, to know what it is we need to do and not do what we need to focus on. What we don't need to focus on is something that God wants to walk alongside and show us as we go. And I think um, we can have peace in the midst of what seems like chaos and we can um, even be obeying God and doing things that he calls us to that doesn't make sense according to other farmers. But at the end of the day, God produces fruit, um, even if it's not temporary, but maybe eternal fruit from the way that we spend our time because we were spending it being about the things that we knew that he had called us to do right then. So hope this is encouraging to you. Um, love to hear your thoughts if you have some other thoughts or ideas or ways that God has shown you how to manage your time. And I just want to close with prayer that God would continue to help us. Lord, we just Thank you so much for the gift of time. We know that we have a short amount of time on earth. We want to invest it well. We don't want to be overwhelmed, and we don't want to be feeling like we have more to do than we have time to do. We do want to be stretched where we have to depend on you, but we want it to be doing the things that you've called us to do because we know that you'll always come through to equip us and to help us to be able to, to do them, that you'll do that through us and protect us, Lord, from getting distracted by things that uh, um, are w- that we want to do but aren't out of obedience for you. And I pray that you would just help us, Lord, through our simple, faithful obedience, Father, to um, to be examples of stewards of the land that shine forth our faith in you and your blessing on us to the people around us, Lord, in order to show um, the hope that Christ can give when we do everything, including farming, gardening, homesteading, Um, in relationship and intimacy with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Noah, for coming in and talking with us today. Guys, if you are interested in learning some more about some good godly time management, Noah is offering a webinar entitled Seven Mistakes Christian Gardeners and Homesteaders Make That Lead to Overwhelm and Overwork and How to Avoid Them. Um, you can find the webinar on www.redeemingthedirt.com slash webinar, and I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes. And the webinar will be happening on November 21st. So if you guys are interested, feel free to check that out. And until next time, I just want to encourage you to stay faithful, stay humble, and to keep redeeming the dirt. God bless. God bless.